Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Provider Solutions and Development. With a projected shortage of 124,000 physicians by 2034, you need an excellent recruitment partner. Provider Solutions and Development is a leader in physician and APC recruitment because they do recruitment differently with no commissions or quotas. With their nationwide provider network, PS&D, We'll work one-on-one with you to create a highly customized recruitment plan designed to find the right candidates for the job. Visit info.psdconnect.org forward slash outcomes rocket. That's info.psdconnect.org forward slash outcomes rocket to start the conversation today. Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez here with the Outcomes Rocket, and I thank you so much for tuning back in to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the amazing James Lott. He is the founder and CEO of Script Health. James has over a decade of experience in the pharmacy setting, including serving as the former pharmacy manager and adjunct instructor teaching pharmacy law. He was recognized in Crane's Chicago business, 40 Under 40, is the recipient of the Commitment to Action Award by the Clinton Global Initiative, and led Script Health to win the 2019 award for the top project in MIT's Link Idea 2 Global International Mentorship Program. James completed Leadership Fellowship in Public Health and Public Policy with the Albert Schweitzer Fellowship and the Discovery Institute's Chapman Fellowship. James is a doctor of pharmacy, PharmD, and received his master's in public policy from the University of Chicago, here in Chicago. He received his Certificate of Innovation from MIT and Health Healthcare Administration and Policy from the University of Chicago. I'm excited to have a chat with him today to touch on a very, very important topic around naloxone and, and the opioid epidemic. We've been consumed by the COVID epidemic, but that opioid epidemic has not gone away. I'm glad to be with you here today, James. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Saul. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, you know, before we dive into script health and the work that you and your team are up to there, James, talk to us a little bit about what inspires your work in health and healthcare. Yeah. So I would say what kind of drove the passion, because I don't think you just wake up one day and want to be an entrepreneur, especially in a healthcare system. <laughs> what kind of drove the passion was were my experiences as a pharmacist. I very intentionally worked in communities that were more diverse, tended to be around the median to low income echelon of the, of the you know, in neighborhoods and just places where I felt like I could provide more impact. And from my experiences, I just saw so many amazing opportunities for myself as a pharmacist to intervene, to kind of help patients out, better improve their health, provide better access to care, 
and provide just more convenient options. And it just kind of, you know, really just touched me. And I, I wanted to kind of have this mission where pharmacists were just doing more for the communities that they serve. Totally. And there's huge gaps right now, as you well know, James. And, and so help us understand the scripted and also really the, the mission around script health. Absolutely. So yeah, just one thing I'll note is, so our company, you know, we started off essentially in 2019, we launched our first service naloxone exchange, and it was in direct relations to the opioid crises. We were, you know, the thing that makes kind of healthcare very difficult, especially from the pharmacy realm is the regulations, but we did see an opportunity. We noticed that regulations were changing and states turned directly to pharmacists, the medication naloxone or Narcan for opioid overdose was given a standing order or collaborative practice agreement in almost every state. And what we knew was we knew that uh, patients still had an issue of stigma to go to their local pharmacy, even though they allowed pharmacists to prescribe naloxone, which was really great. That was really great public policy. We wanted to provide another layer. So we launched naloxoneexchange.com, the nation's first secure online platform that allowed anyone to purchase naloxone online without a prescription, receive effective training, and we shipped it straight to their door. And so to date, we've sent thousands of doses of naloxones across over 40 states, and we're really fortunate for that. But we don't, yeah, we definitely had greater ambitions and kind of script health. Our mission now is to enable pharmacists to provide access to care for common conditions. So we, we did a pretty significant pivot, but that's with a lot of things that we've learned from our launch of naloxone exchange. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I'll just want to pause there for for a bit, James, and dig into this naloxone exchange. So really over 40 states, you guys have been able to deliver direct to the home this life-saving reversal drug. And so how does it like just is it folks that are using opioids prescription wise? There's also, you know, heroin use. Does so does that cover those folks as well? Like Talk to us about what the typical profile is and who this program ended up serving. Yeah. So the intention was just to make access to naloxone a lot easier for anyone who wanted it. We assume that the majority of the usage would be from, you know, loved ones of people who use illicit opioids. So, you know, like these are more street drugs or, or, but it could also be substance use disorder. And then we get a few people who literally just want it for the home, just in case no, no particular reason, but our, actually our biggest customers are typically organizations. They'll come in and purchase, you know, 50 doses, a hundred doses for, you know, police departments, warehouses, manufacturing warehouses, substance use, nonprofit groups, supports all types of things. But we've definitely had a pretty diverse portfolio of consumers on the platform. Awesome. Thanks for helping understand there. And were all of these on the roadmap when you put it together or did they just start showing up unexpectedly, some of them? I mean, I guess to be, if I'm going to be honest here, I'm, yeah. I was pretty wet behind the ears of entrepreneur when I started. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so the customer discovery process, it wasn't as, as efficient as it could have been. But we were, once we started noticing the trends, we started trying to develop you know, the platform to be friendly to those individuals. And we collected a lot of data and some really interesting people reached out. We had everybody from Purdue Pharma reaching out. We had some research groups reaching out and everybody in between because they just kind of wanted to learn more about naloxone access online. They thought it was pretty interesting. So yeah, it's just been an interesting journey. We learned a ton from it. Yeah. So is that still going on or, or you no longer do the naloxone exchange program? 
Yeah, it's definitely still going on. I can't see us. We can't stop doing it, although our business has completely shifted from what we've learned in the marketplace. If you're familiar, Saul, we are, we most recently were in the Techstars Chicago cohort. Techstars is a, it's a, an accelerator program for, I guess they describe it as like promising startups. And it's because of our business model that has changed. You know, what we were able to do with Naloxone, we think that there's a big opportunity for pharmacists to just kind of step in and provide care for a lot of other things, but for common conditions, providing better access. And I think, you know, I think it's fair to say now, I used to have to kind of convince people of this, but I think it's fair to say now with pharmacists being in 93% of communities around the country, they provide a great access point for basic care, everything from vaccines to naloxones. And I will point out that in our last two healthcare crises, being the opioid crises and COVID-19, pharmacists have stepped up in a very significant way. I totally agree. So then is the bigger picture, James, to go beyond naloxone and offer other routine therapies that may be needed? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think that the better way I would kind of frame it is that we're allowing consumers to have a online to offline experience in getting, getting care for common conditions. And they can also do this in store. So we are, we're very early stage in this process, but we believe we have validated a pretty good model that allows pharmacists to efficiently offer care for, like I said, those common conditions with our service, they can book an appointment online in the near future and go straight to their pharmacy and get care. The pharmacist will already have that information and can assess them and see if they're appropriate for care. And of course, if they're not appropriate, the pharmacist can and will refer them to a physician within the community. Got it. Love it, man. Super cool. So what would you say is the core difference between what you guys are doing with the platform versus what's available today? Yeah. So, okay. Great question. You know, when I first started Naloxone Exchange, the feedback we were getting from communities were, okay, so policymakers have changed the policy and now people can go to their local community and get Naloxone. But the problem was when patients would go to their community and try to get Naloxone, the pharmacists wouldn't know about the policy or they wouldn't have Naloxone on hand. You know, that, that whole process, it hadn't really it hadn't been implemented as carefully as it could have. Mm -hmm. In fact, I got to go and present our naloxone exchange efforts at the FDA. And I went to the pharmacy myself to get naloxone and the pharmacist wouldn't sell it to me. So I had to go through this long story and tell them who I was and tell them why I was doing it and show them the policy. And then he eventually did it an hour and 20 minutes later. Hmm. We understand that. I mean, it takes a lot of courage for a substance user or a substance user's loved one to go to the pharmacy and do that. We don't want them having that kind of experience. So our platform scripted enables pharmacists to provide easy access to treatments of common conditions. So with the platform, we have basically done a ton of market research and we have figured out what we believe pharmacists would be well-equipped to offer their communities in terms of expanded care. These are things, everything from, you know, potentially offering birth control to a young woman to urinary tract infections, ED for men, and of course, life-saving things like naloxone and even emergency asthma inhalers. Fascinating. Yeah, this is, this is great. And so walk us through the experience. You know, you, you need something, you go to the portal, you get it. Like, can you walk us through so we understand? 
Yeah. So we are still very early stage. We have right now, if you, you know, if you could imagine, it's a very interesting time for pharmacists. So uh, (laughs) they're quite busy vaccinating probably a hundred or 200 million Americans right now. So busy times. yeah, it is busy times. We had the product ready to go right in um, at towards the end of February. We had a couple of customers signed up, our pharmacy signed up and a lot of them had to bow out in the short term to, you know, to facilitate their pharmacies to, to optimize on COVID vaccines. But we do have one pharmacy that we're working with and our go-to-market has changed a bit. We've been talking with national chains who are also very interested in what we're up to. But um, the, the way it would work essentially though, Saul, is you would be able to go to your local pharmacy. You'd be able to scan a QR code, select the service that you would want. Let's say for, you know, what you believe you have the flu, you would scan the QR code. You would answer some questions regarding your flu. They would likely give you a test. You'd show positive, negative. If you're positive, the pharmacist can write you a prescription for the flu medication, Tamiflu. If you're negative, then based on your symptoms, they can either refer you out or give you some advice and document the entire experience very easily, efficiently. And if you have a primary care physician, we can just go ahead and let your, they can easily let your doctor know that they saw you and report the visit to your physician. So it's pretty streamlined and efficient because we all know pharmacists are very busy, but they provide great access for like common conditions like this can save the healthcare system a ton of money. So totally, totally. Yeah. So, so then they go on your website, they get what they need, the QR code, then they go to their local pharmacist with that QR code and the process begins. Yeah, actually you can, so you can start the process on your phone at home and book an appointment and fill out the paperwork, or you can go to your pharmacy and scan a QR code there. Oh, typically gotcha. we have, yep. Typically we have some marketing material for the, for the patients to start care there as well. Got it. Got it. Very cool. Very cool. So as you, as you view kind of the solution that you guys offer, how would you say what you do improves outcomes or makes it better? I, I mean, I could take my guesses uh, several, but I, I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah. I'll, in fact, I'll give a story here. And, and this is really yeah. a big reason of why I started Script Health, especially, you know, what we're doing now, it's like my dream. It's my dream come true to, to really help provide better access to care. But when I was a pharmacist, I worked at a large pharmacy chain and state laws allowed pharmacists to do certain things, including prescribing for some of these common conditions, but the company hadn't implemented it as a policy. At that particular store, it was very diverse. We actually sold more medications over the counter than we did in prescriptions in terms of dollars. We had more sales over the counter because this particular population, they just did healthcare differently. They did it on their terms. Yeah. They didn't always have time to go to a doctor. They weren't always insured. Lots of them were immigrants. I'm not sure if they didn't trust the healthcare system or whatever, but they made healthcare work for them. And so there was this, that was common for me. I do 30 to 50 consults every day for people who just wanted some over-the-counter options to self-treat. But there was a particular gentleman who came into the pharmacy and he mentioned he had asthma and he didn't have a prescription for an inhaler. He was trying to get an over-the-counter option, which isn't the best outcome. You know, I definitely recommended that he go to the ER, but he just said he couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I told him, you know, hey, go and try this one thing. On his way there, he collapsed. And so I had to break policy and mm-hmm. grab a emergency inhaler for this gentleman and administer it to him. And luckily it saved his life. But I think that that is unfortunate. You know, yes, we want to get this man into care for sure, but there's so many millions of Americans who picked the option that he did to self-treat just because of how the healthcare system is set up. 
And if pharmacists can be an access point to prevent some of these poor outcomes, you know, I think that's great. And I think that a platform like Scripted can, you know, get better and better over time of providing care, basic care to people and getting them in back into the care system in a way that works for them. Yeah, super great. And, and I appreciate you sharing that story. It's an unfortunate truth that, you know, many in this country need to and are afraid to access care in, in traditional ways because of the cost, because of, you know, they would feel judged. And it, it would be great to have a local pharmacy trust point where you could access some of the routine condition things that come up. And so as you think about the things that you've run into, James, what's a big, one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that came out of it as you've developed script health? Ooh, man, it's, it's been a journey. I'll tell you that. So uh, <laughs> being an entrepreneur is extremely, you know, it's challenging. And especially in the healthcare space, you know, I would say that we've always been able to make it, but we've been able to develop this product on a shoestring budget. Luckily, we've been scrappy. We've really been fortunate to find some people who are mission-oriented to build this, but we have not had uh, the most available access to capital. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to make it work and we figured out ways. And I think that we've done a great job really being obsessive about this problem and validating that, you know, we have the right problem, right solution. When we started talking to customers we kept hearing them all say the exact same things, which is, you know, that's an early indicator of potential product market fit. Now we just got to double down on verifying with the customers and kind of getting that, you know, that traction that you need that would in, instill investor confidence so we can scale this thing up quickly. Yeah, it's a challenge that every entrepreneur faces, you know, getting capital for the business is is certainly a challenge, but you know, once overcome, you could definitely make a big impact. And so coming from a public health standpoint, there's an opportunity here, maybe even some some dollars from, you know, government in some way. You know, there's like research dollars. What's that process called? The the SBIR. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, SBIR. We, we uh on we, that angle? Yep, we sure have. We actually participated in a competition by the National Institute of Drug Abuse using scripted as to potentially provide access to buprenorphine, the substance okay. use disorder medication. We were one of 10 winners, and I think they had over seven or 800 applications, and we were one of the 10 to, to get funding, That's and awesome. we worked with them to, to get more grant support. So yeah, definitely definitely an avenue, but the, the funding, you know, it just it's a longer process. Uh, but we, we, we like our odds. Some of our recent traction has been really promising, and I think that it'll instill some investor confidence. I think that, you know, when we get on the radar of some of these national chains, which like we have recently, and they're telling us that they have the same pain points and they want to scale and they want to do these kinds of things. You know, I think that, again, that's, that's promising. And, um, and they know it's, they know it's very difficult. Otherwise they do it themselves. So we, ha- we like our approach to, to the problem. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the, through COVID and everything that has happened, the front door to healthcare is evolving you know, the hospital and the clinic aren't any longer the, the, that focus area, right? We got care in the home. We've got now with, you know, the efforts that you're doing and, and others, the pharmacy. So there's opportunity. And so with that, what would you say is, is the thing that, that excites you most today? 
I think, yeah, no, kind of exactly what you were just saying. It's, I personally feel like it's 1995 for healthcare. Finally, we're serious about innovation and you can see, you can tell from number one, how innovative the healthcare system and the nation has had to be during COVID. And then number two, the amount of funding that's going into new healthcare innovation. Number three, just how you see consumers habits changing and some companies are you know, they're definitely getting lots of profits off of providing actual solutions for what consumers need. But it's a, it's a great time to be in healthcare. I think actually, if we try to launch scripted five years before now, it wouldn't work. But we think that now we're, we're encouraged by policy changes that are now allowing pharmacists to do a little bit more. And we think that with our efforts, we can even push those policy changes Further, when we show folks the great work that pharmacists are able to do in terms of providing access to care. Yeah, the time is right. And I'm certainly excited about it too, James. And so I'm rooting for you and the Outcomes Rocket listener base is rooting for you too. Why don't you leave us with a closing thought and best place that anybody listening to this that your message struck a chord with can reach out to you? Yeah. Well, number one, I appreciate the opportunity to share our story. We're a mission-driven team. We really are serious about closing gaps in care. And we think that pharmacists who are in 93% of communities living within five miles of a pharmacy, we think that they're a great opportunity to kind of help with public health and access and reducing costs to care. They've been there the whole time. <laughs> They've shown what they can do in the opioid crises and now COVID-19, but we need to push a little bit further so we can close some of these gaps and provide more equitable and accessible care. So, um, but anybody who wants to find out more about us, they can check out scripthealth.co or scripted.co. And we would love to work with payer groups who see pharmacists as an opportunity of better promoting access and lowering cost care. And also, of course, any executive teams or leaders that see this as a viable model. And of course, investors as well. So. Outstanding. James, thanks for the invite. And folks, take James up on the opportunity to help evolve the way that people access care doesn't always have to be through the doctor's office. And we're missing a lot of opportunities to really engage and provide health and health care to our communities in many instances. And so, you know, my call to action here is take James up on it. Script Health is offering a new way. So James, really appreciate you and, uh, and all the work you and your team are doing. Thank you so much, Lowell.